ditch the fairy tale princess, it's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to announce our latest brand sponsor, Legendary Foods. Legendary has created the unique treat that I'm obsessed with called the Protein Pastry, aka an adult Pop-Tart. That's right. Say goodbye to compromising on flavor for nutrition. If you're hungry for something better than a protein bar, you've got to try the Legendary Protein Pastries and Sweet Rolls. If you're like me and you're on a mission to eat better, build muscle, tone up, or even increase your protein, these are an incredible way to eat what you love without compromising your diet or goals. Y'all know that I love eating healthy and advocating for a strong body, but sometimes we get those sugar cravings and I need that fix. That's where Legendary comes in for me. These go-to high-protein, low-carb treats curb my sweet tooth while also helping me hit my protein intake for the day. I know you're going to love these as much as I do, which is why I begged them to be a brand sponsor for the show. They were so generous and gave us a discount code, which you can find below in the show notes. So hit the pause button right now and go order yourself some. I can't wait to hear what you think when you try them. Now let's dive into today's episode. You guys, welcome back to the show. Welcome to Unscripted. If you're brand new here, welcome. We are a podcast that really is unscripted. We shoot from the hip. We like people who also just speak authentically, which I know that word is a little overused now, but is it? Because at the end of the day, like that authenticity piece is what helps you build your business, connect with people, do things like have a show, or if you have a coaching, whatever it looks like, like being able to be yourself to me is that authenticity piece. So you're always going to get that when you tune into this episode or to these podcast episodes. And today's guest is someone who is also authentic as fuck and has built a business out of, you know, a life that she was done living and moving into something new is why I feel felt so compelled to have you on the show because I feel like I relate to that so much. I know so many people listening will because they're either in a life transition of some sort or they're curious about that or they're wondering like, is this as good as it's going to get? And I want to give conversation and permission around having those thoughts and feelings and not feeling like you should just keep what you got going on because it's maybe better than everyone else around you and so on. Anyways, we're going to get into so much juicy stuff. You guys buckle up. Hope you're on your walk or in the car. Or you created some time because I know Emily and I are going to just get to jam out on all the things. But girl, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Totally unscripted. The only way I roll. <laughs> yes. I'm so stoked. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you are in Mexico, you said. Whereabouts? I'm in Mexico City. I'm in Mexico City for two months. I (laughs) left my apartment in New York City after almost 15 years in November and have been nomadic since and landed here two months ago and have fallen in love with it. Just the energy, the beauty of it. It's so lush. It's so green. It's affordable as fuck. It's just amazing and amazing. Oh my God. So I think I might be moving here full time. That's rad. And I think if you can do New York City, you can do Mexico City because I know Mexico City is very hustle bustle. It's it's a big city. It's, I've heard it's gorgeous and beautiful, but just like a lot going on. Yes, but the neighborhoods we're in mainly are so peaceful and so quiet. It's just incredible. And you walk down the street, it's like this big botanical garden. It's just there's like every kind of flora and fauna and galleries and coffee shops and stores like the cutest little boutiques and farmers markets. And it's just it's like it's like Paris in the jungle is how I've been describing it. It's so lovely. But that just it's just fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Sorry, Emily in Paris. We've got Mexico City. Yes, in the jungle. There you go. New talk show. Maybe that's... Hey, and you kind of remind me of her. You could totally start your own talk show or your own uh, TV show. I love you already so, so much. But a few of my friends have said, okay, yeah, it's Emily in Mexico City. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, listen, if the shoe fits... Okay, let's get into it because you have developed so many amazing tools and frameworks and and things that you've learned through, you know, building this coaching business, the years you spent in corporate doing the things you were told to do and and all of that, right? Thinking thinking this path was going to lead to happiness, success, enlightenment. I don't know what what we're all like conditioned <laughs> to think in our early early years, but tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're kind of doing now and and how you got here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's go. So I am a personal freedom and business coach currently. My past life, mm, I was in that nine to five world, climbing the ladder on the hamster wheel, fully bought in to like, let's do it. Let's climb. Let's get the title. Let's get the promotion. Let's get the salary. Let's get the team. Let's get the accolades. And I was in tech and startups, right? So it was very hustle, grind, bustle. And I was just hell bent on getting to the top of the ladder and had a moment. Oh God, it was actually right before COVID. (laughs) Didn't know COVID was about to happen, but I reached a moment where I was like, I think I'm actually done with this. I had success relatively young. So I think it was age 31. I was promoted to director, had a big team of 20. I had the salary, had the title. I was like, and I remember calling my dad and being like, Dad, I have, I, I did this now and I'm making this amount. And he was like, that's great. That's so great, Emily. I'm so happy for you. And it was in that moment where I realized so much of what I was doing was to make my dad proud. I'm the firstborn of four, hyperachiever, perfectionist. And it was like this permission slip when I finally realized my dad didn't care. He just wanted me to have a roof over my head and be happy and So it started to unravel very quickly from that moment. And I had been curious about, let's put it that way, working for myself for so long. I had that burning desire, that that vision, but always was like, I don't know, that that doesn't make sense. I don't know how I would do that. Let's just keep climbing the ladder. And that moment with my dad was a permission slip. And I left a few weeks after, started consulting. I didn't jump into coaching right away. I was consulting. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to go to Bali. I'm going to work on the beaches of Bali like everyone does on Instagram. It's going to be amazing. Time freedom. And then COVID hit a few weeks later and (laughs) was quarantined at my parents' house instead, which was not exactly what I had in mind. And then in that moment, very quickly realized consulting was basically the same thing, just slightly more freedom. And literally, this is a true story, Jess. I found a notebook in my parents' house during quarantine from when I was 21 years old. And little 21-year-old Emily had written a bucket list of what she wanted to do. And one of the things on it was be a coach. And I thought, that's so cute. You were 21. What the fuck did you know? But I think I'd seen like Gabby Bernstein or one of the OGs. And I think I was like, whatever she's doing, I want to do that. And so things started to pop off. And I was like, I'm going to go get certified. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Wow. That is such a good story. And I love the fact that little Emily at 21, like <laughs> at 21, you think you're so grown, like you know everything. And to look back, like intuitively, if you think about it, like you resonated on some level, probably with Gabby or whomever else was in that world. Right. But then life took you down a different path because you were set on 
proving yourself to your dad, being the the first one to do the things. And like, mm-hmm. I'm first born out of three. And it, I get that. And there was a podcast episode that my mentor, Lori Harder, did with another mentor of mine in the beauty industry, Britt Siva. And it was just a random episode. They were talking business life, whatever. And then they went on this weird tangent around how they connected over proving to their mothers how successful they could be or whatever. I, I can't remember the exact context of it, but I remember in the, I was literally, I, I remember like today walking on the boardwalk at the beach, listening to that part of the episode thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I literally have done what I've done to prove to my mom that I could be successful in the beauty industry because she so much so didn't want me to do that. She wanted better for me, quote unquote, to go into a more stable career, one that, you know, there was a ladder to climb, if you will, you know, and in the beauty industry, it's kind of a free for all. It's like you unknowingly sign up as an entrepreneur at whatever age and just fucking wing it. And so in hindsight, I can see. But then throughout it, it was like these years of this proving that I could make something out of nothing. I could be somebody in an industry where we were all told it wasn't a real career. So not as similar of a story as yours, but also just that proving where one day it clicked, maybe just listening to this podcast episode with these girls and realizing like, if I continue to live my life into my 30s and 40s, still trying to prove something to my mom, like, what is that for? Like, what do I really want to be doing? She'll be proud of me no matter what. Yeah, as long as I have a roof over my house and I'm happy and I'm not crying to her asking for money or asking to move home or who knows what, right? And I think I'd already had my son at the time. And that that's a pivotal change in like a, a parent-child relationship. So between my mom and I, a lot changed after we had my I had my kid. And it was in those moments where I was like, what worked for me before I had him or what I was goal oriented towards, my, whether it was money or like career wise, changed because I wanted to be home. I wanted to see him. I wanted to be around him. But I didn't know, like, where do you fit in to like switch from one career that you've done nothing but try to grow in into like an arena where, OK, I'd love to have that type of a lifestyle. What do I need to do to get that? And then when the world's kind of your oyster, you're like, oh, I could be this. I could do that. I could. So how did you know what kind of coaching certification you wanted to get into? Was it based off of your knowledge from working with teams and tech? Or like, how did you decide like this was the specific thing you wanted to help people with? Yeah, yeah. First of all, something you just said brought something up for me of the proving. Just really quickly, I really, I think, also wanted to prove to my dad like I'm not a fuck up because I had done modeling for like a year or two and left high school early and become became like a party girl and everyone from my high school and I think my whole family was like what's happened to Emily like she was such a star student she was so quiet she was so so shy so smart and now she's a disaster she's behind in college so I think once I got to college I was like I'm gonna be the best I'm gonna be the best and I'm proving wrong Anyway, so coaching. So I, in my nine to five days, I (laughs) really didn't actually like the role itself. It was marketing, a lot of influencer marketing, a lot of spreadsheets, boring, right? But what I loved was the people or had this team and my weekly one-on-ones where that just lit me up so much. I was like, yes, we're going to talk about their goals and their dreams and what's blocking them and what their vision is that I completely crossed all of the boundaries as a manager and got all into their groups and the lives. But it was that, 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 or the human element that just lit me up so much. And the way I chose my certification was very just like, what's a, like my, actually my therapist at the time, she was a coach as well. And she had a school she recommended. It was called IPEC. 
I looked at that. I looked at a few others. We were in COVID. You couldn't actually, a lot of these certifications were in person at the time. A lot of them weren't running. So I was like, well, this one's doing virtual. They, they seem legit. They're like ICF accredited. Like, let's fucking go. And the worst thing that can happen is at that point, I was like, well, I don't even really know what it entails. Am I going to be good enough on it? Am I going to make money? But ultimately, I was like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, I get certified. I realize I don't actually like coaching. I realize I'm a bad coach. I sh- I can't get money. Okay, I- okay, whatever. Like I'll have received some sort of value from this because I have understand like a lot of the work is inner. So let's try it. I think the only thing I got hung up on was like this is a big investment, but like what if it what what if it doesn't pay off? But I kept asking myself, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? And ultimately, it it's been the best case scenario, right? I ended up loving it so deeply and it ended up being somewhat similar to i mean working with my team in the tech and startup days of like what do you really want how are we going to get there what's standing in the way is it really our ceo or the outside world that's standing in the way or is it what's going on in here so that's what i mean when i say i cross boundaries because that wasn't really kosher (laughs) well it's been yeah incredible but i said this to you i think earlier but it's not all sunshine and roses right like it's been a really rocky path it has been dark nights of the soul and existential crises and melting into a pile of goo on the regular but it you know that didn't necessarily happen in my nine to five days it was a very limited range of human emotion it was like not amazing but not terrible it's just good enough it's like let's just keep swimming in this sea of good enoughness and Mm -hmm. protecting myself from going after that thing that's like whispering Emily there's more there's more out there and I'm like no I don't really want to listen to that let's have another martini let's go shopping let's go on a vacation maybe the voice will be quiet then so (laughs) oh the voice is so much louder on vacation that voice gets really loud when I'm on vacation I've actually struggled to go on vacation the last couple of years longer than like a day or two because the voice is like screaming now at times and I think now that I've really directed my focus into podcasting and helping other people start their podcast we've launched an agency a couple months ago I feel so much more clear-headed but like in the interim of that those moments you were sharing the dark night of the soul am I meant to be doing this where am I where do I fit in where does what I know you know equate to actually helping people and then monetizing that like where do you fit in because with nine to fives or with corporate or with like specific jobs right people come in they ask for the haircut they leave with the cut like it's very transactional you know what the expectations are and you know what the deliverables are with coaching and even things like therapy it's like very very it can be so open-ended like there's not always this grandiose like oh after you know you don't not everyone leaves with a smile at the end of a coaching call (laughs) and for 20 years I got that hit of crack where every time a client would leave I mean 99.9% of the time oh my God, this is amazing. Get big fat tips. Like it was instant gratification based off of like a service I provided and experience I shared. Like, and same for me, I realized with in that industry that my favorite part was connecting with people. And, you know, I remember my mom saying things towards the end of my career, like you're just bored. And I'm like, I'm not bored. I actually love the conversation I'm having with my clients, but like this one-to-one at such a limited level, like I have more to say. I have so much pent up experience from all these conversations I've had with clients in my chair for the last 22 years. Like, I want to get this information out on a bigger platform. I don't know what that looks like. Hence, we started the podcast in the middle of COVID. So it just opened up like an avenue of like, how do I share 
perspectives? How do I add value? How do I create value-driven conversations through having guests on the, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And similar to your investment with the life coaching, I invested in a business mastermind when things were pretty good, like in my, in my world. And, but there was like a moment where you you think like, is this as good as it gets? And often that voice is overshadowed by other people being like, you have it so good. Your life looks so amazing. You're making a lot of money for your industry. Like you quote unquote made it. I'm like, I'm, you know, 30 something years old. Like this is, this is it. Like this can't be it. That can't be it. Like I know I meant for more. And at the time, like you were saying, like that voice was whispering sometimes like getting a little louder, but it was not clear. It wasn't like this clear, intuitive fucking download from the universe being like, this is what you should go do. You know, you see other people doing things and you're like, if you're highly ambitious, if you're a high achiever, you can see yourself in any role. And unfortunately, sometimes that's like a shot in the foot because you think things like, yeah, I could do that, but I just don't want to. Yeah, I could be successful at that, but I don't, that's not really what I think what I should be doing. And so we talk ourselves out of things because it's almost the opposite of what keeps most people from doing it. Like, oh, I don't think I'd be good at that. Oh, I don't think I'm smart enough. We're over here like, oh yeah, I can figure that out, but like, I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't want to be any busier than I am. I don't want any more work to my plate that I already have. I'm already doing too many things or the common excuses people have are like, oh, I don't have the money for that. Well, it's usually, I don't have the money or I don't have the time, right? Like I don't have the time to do that right. So therefore I'm not going to do it. And that's what kept me from starting the podcast. Uh, for over two years, I had a microphone, the one that's sitting in the back of my thing, sitting there for two years. And I had learned GarageBand and some other things. And I was like, finally sick of watching everybody else go. And then COVID gifted us this time. And I was like, well, you're out of excuses. So much like with you, like the universe just helped speed things up by dropping COVID in our lap for both of us. <laughs> It, call, it called us out in our bullshit of yeah. in our in our excuses. You gotta shit it up a lot. Yeah, I don't have money. Or I think the other big one is I that I saw with myself and I see with a lot of women in my world. It's I don't know what it is. Like I don't know what I want. And I'm always like bull fucking shit on that because you have at least a small kernel of an idea or a seedling or something that you can start responding to and start acting on and start experimenting with. Because right, we're like. Well, I need to have the roadmap. Where's the roadmap? Someone give me the next ladder to climb. What's the what's what are the stops on the mountain, right? And so for me, I think that was a huge blocker of making it because I wanted certainty because I was so used to knowing. Well, in six months, if I sell my soul and I'm miserable to this degree, then I will get that promotion. <laughs> and then when you like bust out and you're on your own, it's like who? I mean, who knows? Like, there's infinite ways to do it, and I think that's such a paralyzing question. I asked myself and I see so many ask is what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And I'm like, for your rest of your life. I mean, no wonder you're just, like paralyzed. That sounds really scary. Like, I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm not going to pretend I know, but I know what I want to do right now. I know I want to, what I feel called to explore and push into and experience right now that might change. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, that question keeps so many of us like, well, I'll just stay here until the instructions appear. <laughs> and and it's funny because so many of us get signs, right? Or we get like these nudges and we're like, oh, yeah, the, I don't want that sign. That sign's too loud. That sign's too hard. That sign's too expensive. That sign's too obvious. It must be wrong. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy how we are just so conditioned to, you know, know what we know and be comfortable with what we're comfortable and that piece of certainty is kind of similar to that control factor of like I need to know what the ROI is going to be on this decision and then the next decision and then the next decision it's like 
such a paralyzing place to live, isn't it? It's just, it's, there's no fun in that. There's no freedom in that. There's no choice in that. Right. And it's, and it, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I think it's just, I used to view life very transactionally. Like, what do I get out of this? If I give you my time, if I put my money here, what do I receive? What is the tangible outcome? The ROI, right? That, right? And living life from that constricted place and only allowing myself to experience things where I know I was, quote unquote, getting something or going to be really good at it, right? And just when you think about how that shrinks your world smaller and smaller and smaller, you just, you exist in this routine, yeah, existence. Of just, I'll only do it if I'm going to be great and if I'm going to get something. And then, the, right, once you start diving into this world and this work, like you start getting into the energetics of like, whoa, it's like all connected. And one piece of my life here affects that piece. And oh, whoa, I had no idea. So it gets wild when you dive into this pool. Well, and especially <laughs> now with podcasting, we'll just use that as an example because it's in real time. What I'm hearing from these people, women especially, who want to start podcasts is just that, like, they this grandiose like because a podcast is kind of like has no end you can keep it going for as long as you want you can do as many episodes as you want like the freedom of you know having your own platform like that is exponential you can do with it what you want you own it and like social media where there's rules regulations like you have to you know get so many likes in order to get this or have so many followers in order to get that it's it's been coming up so much for people and it's it's one of those things where i'm like we don't have to have it all figured out today you know, you will figure it out along the way as you start to take the steps towards it. So starting your show is the first step, making the decision to say, I'll give this a try. And the second piece to that, I've done podcast episodes on this before around it. This applies to anything, relationships, jobs, like decision, whatever. When you toe dip into something, when you just say, oh, I'll just try that for a second, you're going to get half a second results. You're not going to get long term re- results. And anyone who's in the coaching space, whether it's online, in real life, a type of, you know, like project management person, like they don't try a workshop once and then like tell them that we're not doing that anymore. They they tweak it. They refine it. They figure out what the marketing messaging was wrong. They keep going with things until they do work. And that's one of the things I see people struggle with so hardcore when it comes to starting their own business or starting their own thing, whatever that looks like. And I remember when I got into the beauty industry, I told myself, I, I maybe said it out loud, but I told myself, you're going to do this until you figure out what you really want to do with your life. This is a great career choice until you figure out what you want to do. And that gave me so much freedom and permission on how I showed up in the industry and how I did excel because I was willing to say no to things, have boundaries, charge prices that people weren't charging yet, book in ways that people like I did it my own way because I was like, I don't need to follow the rules because I'm doing this because it's what I want to do. And who knows where it's going to take me. And I think you know, when you're in an industry or you're in a career where people rely on you or when people really love the role you're in, you're going to struggle to remove yourself. Because if I hadn't changed one single thing about how my life was going at that time, everyone would have been happier in my life. Everyone. Clients, friends, family, the bank account, everyone and everything. Because when I started to shift away my focus from behind the chair, they got less of me. They got a distracted version. Like I had to slowly peel myself away and deal with the criticism and deal with people being confused and deal with the explanations that you have to give as to what you're doing, why you're not available. It's a lot. And so 
you know, for anyone listening, this isn't to like intimidate or scare you, but it's to help you see like this is this show has always been about pulling back the curtain on the reality of things. And I think we are so fucking inundated with the shiny million dollar months that people are posted on social media in, in places like Bali that you talk about never work <laughs> or sharing how they close all these deals or do. And I'm like, you didn't just wake up and that happened. Like you've been planting seeds for probably five, 10, 15 years in order to write a goddamn post like that. So what about the people who are still thinking about making a move or who are on the fence about even making a decision where they want to put their energy? So let's dive into some of the ways that you work with your clients now to help them make decisions or to go all in on things or to, you know, kind of give them that roadmap that they're looking for or a framework to work through stuff that comes up. I, I want to just I want to know and hear all the things. Yes. Well, at first you lit something within me just now. <laughs> just that that idea that entrepreneurship and the transition from the more structured nine to five into entrepreneurship is going to be so blissful and so wonderful. And I just think the reality of it, when it hits, I think it, it, it fucked me up because I bought, I drank the Kool-Aid big time of it's going to be so easy for me. Oh my God. So-and-so says six figure months are mine. If I do these mantras, and I implement this funnel and I make this post and it didn't happen. And so I was like, well, something's really wrong with me. I'm not cut out for this. I'm broken. My energy's off. I'm misaligned. My, I don't like. So I think if we have these conversations more and are more honest about the reality of entrepreneurship and it being a total mess, a gorgeous mess in so many ways, when it actually the reality hits, we're not going to be shocked and believe that there's something terribly wrong. So going back to your original question. A big piece of my work is working with early stage entrepreneurs or women that are in that place where we were, right? Of things are good. I check in a lot of the boxes, but they're not great. And there is this feeling, there is this knowing that there's something else for me. So it's really with all of it, getting clarity on what do you actually desire? Like your desires lead the way. Your desires are your guidance system. And the thing I see and I can see this in me you know four years ago is that that lack of knowing what our desires are lack of knowing what turns us on and lights us up and makes us feel alive because we've not given ourselves permission to go there to dream outside the box to color outside the lines and so a lot of it is what do you really want and can we start admitting that and declaring that? Because you're sure as shit not going to get it if you can't declare it and you can't admit it to yourself. And like from there, then we can start addressing the reality of what it's going to take to get there. And the, my coaching is like zero bullshit. Like I'm not going to be like, it's this, it's that, and we're going to make it five, six figures this month. It's like this is going to be a, a climb. And can we fall in love with who we become as we climb the mountain? Because everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to leave the nine to five because of the idea of being an entrepreneur. It's time freedom. It's endless, uh, you know, unlimited income. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a possibility. But to me, the beauty of it is just all of you that is revealed as you climb the mountain and all the shit that bubbles up, all the uh, layers that are peeled away. And like, that's what turns me on and lights me up with my work is seeing that and seeing how when we work with that piece that comes up, what that opens up for you and your business and your life, what information is in there, what redirection. Yeah, so good. <clears throat> so much there. And it, it, it's only fair that you get to hear things like that because 
even in the beauty industry starting out, like we see people on those platforms that are killing it or working on stages or traveling or doing all the things. And to me, I'm like, I know what that life really looks like. And it's a lot harder than they're making it look like. Like they might look Instagram famous, but they're working their asses off. (laughs) And, you know, I think there are plenty of people who are out there doing what we're doing right now, which is keeping it real and allowing people to understand that this it's all part of the journey and the process. And it's one of my favorite things that I've really like started to embody more even more recently is this journey and that wherever the destination ends up being like you need to know where like who are you in your everyday life who do you get to be and I always remind myself I have it written on my wall I write it to my clients we get we get to create this life we don't have to do anything you can go be homeless and live on the streets like that is an option like nobody's making you strive for the best feelings that you create yourself like it's all it's all about what do you want? And I had a girlfriend for a while. She used to drive me crazy because, you know, we'd go on our walks or we'd work out or we'd have coffee and we would talk. And, you know, I would go on tangents of like things I wish were different in my life or like t- total like I would have turned into kind of like a little client with her because she was also like <laughs> an health and wellness nutrition coach. And, you know, I would whine about this like normal girlfriend chit chat like you're just shooting the shit or whatever. And she'd always get really quiet and she'd kind of smile and she'd look at me and she'd be like, well, what do you really want? And it would piss me off so bad because I would say to her, as if that's such an easy question to answer. And I've said this a couple of times on the podcast now, and it's it's funny because I think there's so many of us women who don't ever get quiet enough to figure out what they really want. Like you said the words, what do you actually desire? And that can be across the board what do you desire to feel like in your body what do you desire to call into your life what do you desire to do for a career it doesn't have to fit into anybody else's box but we are trained as a society to fit into some sort of box that we grew up in and so that's where the whole book premise that I wrote I mean I wrote this tiny little book that just shares like the art of unbecoming who they told you to be and that could be your parents like you and I just like bonded on it can be an experience that defined you at age 11 around you know only the only people that are successful are people that do x y and z so if I want to be successful I have to go do that I just watched that show or the movie the minimalist with those two guys on Netflix it was super simple like it was two dudes who grew up fairly poor didn't have much and you know he was just talking about how this this provingness that he grew up not having much but that then when he got into it and like he's like, I need to make X amount to be happy and successful because that's what my dad said would get me a house like this or have a life like that. And so both of them did their own thing where they just kept chasing the corporate ladder, having more money, buying more things, thinking that more stuff and more things and more cars and women would make them happier. And they just couldn't find it because they had never stopped to ask themselves, like, who am I? What do I want? What gets me excited? And it's like, it sounds so simple, but it honestly, it really is, isn't it? It's it's so much more simple than we make it. Well, amen, amen, amen. I think everything is so much simpler than we often make it. And that question of what do I desire is so golden, but it's hard to answer when we have lived our lives not consciously examining them. I mean, for me consciously, right? I didn't consciously know I was living my life to make get receive my dad's love right and approval so so most people i think not most a lot okay let's just say a lot are living unconsciously i not understanding why they do what they do not understanding they are living by 
mommy and daddy, society's CEOs, their boss's version of success and happiness, not understanding why they're achieving the thing and checking that box. And but I love the awakening that is happening for so many now, right? Of like, okay, like I've, I've checked so many of the boxes. Like, what is next for me? Really? Like, I mean, for me, because I was, okay, I'm a director now. Okay, so being a VP, I'm going to have X amount more dollars and more work. And like, how is that going to be fulfilling? And it's really, yeah, that recognition, I can create and try at least anything I want to, anything I want to. And there are no rules and there's no failure. There's only feedback and redirection and tweaking and testing and polishing. And But it's easier, at least it was for me, to stay in the victim seat of, oh, oh my boss, my CEO, this is terrible. Oh, the economy. Oh, New York City. It's easier because life is happening to me and I'm just going to respond to it. I'm just going to complain versus what do I choose? What do I want to choose? I have tattoos. Just that turn on my arm, Jessica, because I, I love that every day. I'm like, what do I choose today? And there's always like, oh, I can't choose that because of this and that. But it's all a story. It's all bullshit. I think you should add the word you on the end of that. Choose you. I think we and we as women, like we we often choose things based off what we think people want from us. And it's 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 so exhausting. And it leaves you feeling unfulfilled and unconnected to your true self. And it's, it's I think, why I've chased this path over the last couple of years, aside from moving into learning how to build an online business, breathwork and yoga and deeper connections to learning how to meditate for me, right, in a way that, like, resonates with me. If I try to do it like so-and-so and it didn't work, like, what ways can I learn to meditate? What ways can I find that yoga brings me joy? Maybe it's not this kind, it's this kind. And maybe this breath pattern didn't work for me in this environment. So I have to go do it like this. You know, there's so many ways to get from A to B. And I think the unlearning of what's worked for so many other people. And it's why when you joked about people asking for that roadmap or that, just give me the framework. Like, (laughs) and if I gave you mine, it probably wouldn't be sustainable for you. It definitely wouldn't be sustainable. And so that's why like for for me now with coaching in the podcast space, it brings me so much joy because people have to make a decision to start the podcast in order to now work with me. So we have at least gone over one hurdle, which is, yes, you do want to show. From there, I can help you figure the rest out. And that feels so in alignment for me, getting the ROI I need. Like, yes, you're already committing to this. I don't have to like talk you into it or whatever. And then you've made a decision on your own to go all in on yourself and do a show. So cool. And then I'll take it one step further. Like some people can do the transactional coaching through like online or in person, whatever that looks like. For me, I'd spent 20 years in a in a you pay me for the service and you walk out with the service. So it's very like I can see my work. It's an immediate thing for both people. And so when we launched the agency, I was like, I get to give people a produced episode, graphics, show notes, email, like I get to give them something along with supportive coaching, accountability, all the things. So I was someone who didn't fit into the box like everyone else I was in the mastermind with that were fine to just do online programs and not have any done for you work that worked for them. And I kept trying to do that thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. This this is working. I'm making money. I have clients, but I, why aren't I happy? It felt like a lateral move because I was like, I used to trade time for money behind the chair. This feels very similar. Um, And so when I explored like what made me successful in the beauty industry, it was not toe dipping. It was going all in on one thing, focusing. And then the second piece was 
if you're more comfortable with a certain way to do business, like build your business like that. And for me now getting to deliver stuff to people that they've paid for feels very good. And it's great because I'm actually not creating it. I have a team that does that. So like I get to employ people and do that part that you love, which is that coaching piece with the staff, but then also like with the people. So I'm just sharing all of this backstory because I feel like people are curious like where I'm at and what I'm doing now. But also this is another way for us to pull back the curtain for you listening right now and to know that it's not because I failed or it's not because I like something didn't work out. It's because I tried it and I needed to try it to see if it was going to be a right fit for me like you did with going into coaching thinking, I'm not sure where this is going to lead. I will find my way as I go. And I'm sure you've tweaked your process in your marketing and who you work with and how you show up for them and how you allow them to show up. And that's all part of it, right? And I talk to the people in the beauty industry so much about boundaries and non-negotiables with clients. It's it's kind of the same thing. In the beginning, you say yes to everything and you take what you can get and you get stomped all over. You give deal and over backwards. You work times you're not supposed to. And then things start to feel out of alignment or that's when the burnout creeps in or that's when you think this isn't for you anymore. But if we can really get discerning around what we desire, how what we want, <laughs> that simple question, I want to feel in control of my business. I want to not work weekends. I want to charge $100 an hour. I want this. Okay, well, only you can create that usually in the situation. So I love that we're having this conversation and I love that there are people like you who have gone through this transition so that you can then help other people to do it because truly like you can't really teach to something you haven't experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, thank you for sharing your backstory there too. And I feel like I'm going to need to come to you for your podcast services. <laughs> Got it. But like for me, it was so much, yeah, trying on, like you said, what people said to do. And then it feeling like this is a actually feel great. This feels claustrophobic. This feels like a box I'm checking. I don't actually enjoy this. And since I don't enjoy it, the energy I'm showing up in is kind of <laughs> kind of funky. And <laughs> I'm not of my greatest service to anyone when I'm doing something for, you know, because someone told me to do it. Like an example, like I had heard from so many of, you know, my mentors and this and that, oh, well, you should do a group program. And I was like, I'm actually a no to a group program. I really don't desire to do a group program. I'm just a no. But, you know, kind of got pushed into it. It launched. It fucking flopped. No surprise. And at first I was like, oh, I'm a failure. This was awful. But then I was like, well, of course it didn't take off. I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. I was doing it to prove to someone out of, I can, I can launch a group program. I was doing it out of scarcity. Well, maybe that's the magic hack to my business. And so it really, it's hard, right? Because, you know, you, you want to be a yes to something, right? Energetically, you want to feel like this, this will feel really good. But it's also when our ego and our fear comes in of, oh, we shouldn't do this. So is it like, is it actually your intuition saying you're a no to it? Or is it fear? And that's something actually, actually that came up for me with podcasts a few months in February. February was my first podcast ever. My coach was pushing me to do a podcast. And I was like, no, I hate public speaking. Because my nine to five days, I was so, and my whole life terrified of public speaking. Like I would call out of school sick on those days you had to present. I landed in the ER once because my mom was like, you have some crazy illness and we can't figure out what it is. And the doctor was like, wink, wink. Like, we know what you're doing. It's finals week. And then my nine to five days, I wouldn't sleep the night before meetings. It was terrible. My coach was like, look, like podcasts could be really great. You love collaboration. You love 
speaking, like go out there. And I was saying, I don't want to do it because I was so afraid because I had so much fear attached to it. Right. And but it was like, hmm. So is it just my fear talking or my intuition? And it was in retrospect, absolutely my my fear. It was like this frantic, spiraling, looping energy versus intuition, which tends to be a little calmer, a little quieter, a little, you know, more reasonable. <laughs> right. And my first podcast, I it was with my coach on her podcast, and I had a total nervous system meltdown, like froze like a deer in headlights, like all my fears came back from childhood and everyone laughing at me when I would get up to present because I would turn bright red and start stuttering and you know I'm like tall and kind of gangly so they were like look at and you know by nine to five days my seat my boss being like you know we should get you some public speaking classes so that would be really beneficial <laughs> but it's been so liberating because now doing podcasts because like literally one of my favorite things in the whole entire universe but I I was I was such a no to it I was such a no to it yeah and and majority of people are. <clears throat> majority of people don't want to public speak. Majority of people, this is they struggle with this on social media. So the thought of even doing a podcast is like 10 times worse. <laughs> you know, and I've shared this a long time ago because we're at like, I- I've probably recorded 225 episodes at this point. You're incredible. And- <laughs> but I look at my mentors who are at like five, six, seven hundred, a thousand episodes and they're in the eight, nine, ten, fifty million do- downloads. So I'm like, you know, I know... I knew a lot of them before they even started. I knew that they were not exceptional public speakers. They were decent. They were willing to show up and try and get better. And that's the piece where I'm so encouraging of people to start their shows because I'm like, I've literally found my voice through podcasting. I used to get that butterfly in my stomach before I'd have a guest on. I used to have all my notes written out. I used to have all my questions prepared and ready. And I, I, I just found like I was too overly prepared. I couldn't be in the conversation. I was just waiting to ask the next question. I wasn't really listening and I would get done with an episode and I would feel like I was going to black out. And I remember, <laughs> I remember finally like having someone I knew on, like, you know, like after I'd done several episodes with, with newer people, but someone I knew. So I was like, I don't need any, qu- I don't need to like prep anything. And I also don't need to have like some, you know, one line or closing question, like some people that I know, right. I don't have to do it like that. I like that they do it, but I don't want to do it. I want things to be free flowing I want things to be unscripted. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this feels out of alignment. This Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast that I started a couple years ago. Like, I don't only want to talk to the beauty industry anymore. I feel like I'm excluding everybody else. How can I include the beauty industry and everybody else? Well, be yourself. And so now I get on episodes and, like, my energy is so good. I I have certain hacks and tricks and all my drinks on the, like, I get so excited about where the conversation's going to go. Obviously, I have my notes or I have, you know, things that you fill out so I know who the fuck I'm talking to. But there's a level of being prepared and a level of practice that comes into things that builds that confidence as you go. You don't wake up and decide to be confident and then go do the things. You don't like even when I'm working through with new clients who are trying to figure out their show, their show description or the title of their new show or their cover art or what special picture is going to, you know, get them to the top of new and noteworthy. I'm like, that shit's not important. You practicing, you showing up, you figuring out your voice in this platform is what's important. And my tagline now for for the agency is, you know, podcasting helps you connect your voice to your brand, which is something we all have, whether you're in corporate or not. If you exist as a human and you're anywhere on the internet, you have a brand. 
It's just a matter of if you're writing the narrative by how you're, you know, directing traffic, whether you're actually participating or you're just letting shit happen to you. So having a podcast, do I think you need a podcast to build a personal brand? No, I think getting on people's podcasts, like how you're a guest right now, that is adds credibility and gives you an ability to share your shit. But having your own show brings you proximity to people you wouldn't otherwise get an hour of their time with. It builds your network. It builds connections you would have never otherwise had. Like, and it unlocks the things that like you'll get, you'll, you'll be so surprised at the things you get excited to talk about. You'll, you'll be surprised at the way things start to pivot and shift. Or maybe somebody says something that unlocks something inside of you. Maybe you get given the permission or a perspective shift to then, oh, that's what I want to do too. So that's where there's so much power in, like you said, figuring out what you desire. Is it a lifestyle? Is it a feeling? Is it a, what is it? Do you have any tools or ways that people can kind of sit with themselves and figure that out? Or, I mean, I know there's no one quick fix of like solving all of your desires, but can I try? <laughs> Let's try. So something I really love to do with myself on a regular basis and with clients is to get like sit your booty down and start writing things out. Like do a visioning meditation. I have great visioning meditation. And just like allowing yourself to dream and go there and not be in the analytical, let's figure out the how. And just like, what is it? Like, what are some of the things you would like to experience if you're in this lifetime? And if you're having trouble, because the conscious mind can be such a gatekeeper to that, it can like slam the doors down and not even allow you to go there. It's like we were talking about, what do I desire to feel like? What are the words, right? So like for me, my words right now, I desire to feel aliveness. I desire to feel peacefulness. I desire to feel abundance. So it's like what in, in your life can you start doing to help you access those feelings now? And like once you start to get clear on the feelings, okay, so there's there's these feelings I really would love to feel or a lot of people, right? I want to feel freedom. Okay, so how can I start to experience freedom now? What quote unquote experiments can I run? What do I have access to? What do I know right now sounds interesting? What sounds exciting? And not saying I need to have the roadmap, but can I act on that that small piece of knowing that I have right now? Mm. And then knowing like just what, like write it down. What do I know? Versus like we're so focused on what we don't know, right? It's like, oh, I, uh, I don't know this. I don't know that. Really, like, what do you know? And what action can you take? Because I'm a oh, huge believer in just everything you were saying just now, too, about that action, creating the confidence and creating the clarity. Like with you, like getting the reps in with podcasting and the confidence and your voice in podcasting, that didn't come from sitting there and thinking, what do I want my podcast to be like? How do I want my voice to be? How do I want to interview guests? It came from like getting in it and getting messy. So it's like, I don't ever want someone to sit for very long in like the thinking about it. Like, I think that's such an important step for our conscious mind. But it's like, how quickly can we start moving and res like responding to life and collecting information and see what you, you do like and what you don't like? Yeah. And what you are, I'm actually maybe really amazing at or what's something you might want to learn. And start like, it's in that our willingness to get messy and get in the game and that courageous, messy, imperfect action and quote unquote, fucking it up and making mistakes. And like, that's right. One of the huge things, like especially as women, we're like, we're perfect in everything. So I was like, no, I don't want to do that thing because I won't be perfect at it. I'm like, go and collect no's, go and collect quote unquote mistakes, go and collect fuck ups, give yourself information. Like there's no substitute 
for moving. And then, like we said, it's like the, the pieces of the how start to become clearer. They start to crystallize in the action of it, right? Like I couldn't, you couldn't have sat there and perfectly planned out what where you are now. I couldn't have. Like I took that first courageous action of I, I, I'm actually very clear. I'm a no to staying in this nine to five. So I'm going to leave. Didn't know what I was doing. I was like, oh, I'm going to consult. That that felt not so good. Okay, well, what do I know? Okay, I know I really loved working with my team in my nine to five days. Oh, I found this journal. I was interested in life coaching. Who was 21. What can I do with that knowing? I could guess I could get certification. Let's see what happens. Okay, I received the certification. What do I want to do now? I don't actually like the kind of coaching I was trained in. What else? What else can I learn? Oh, you know that person. I worked with them on nine to five days. I wonder if I could ask her to be my client or just give her some free sessions so I can learn and I can grow. And it's just always like acting, listening, acting, listening. Oh, it's that messy dance. <laughs> so good. So many takeaways. And I hope we can just like put a bow on it right there for you listening right now to go and do these things that she just suggested. And it sounds so simple because it is. But the simplicity <laughs> is in just continuing to show up and do the messy work. And to allow yourself to not be perfect. I know that's a huge piece that you touch on a lot around perfection. And it's something that I know all women, we're all quote unquote recovering perfectionists because who doesn't want to show up perfect? Who doesn't want to look perfect, feel perfect, be perfect? Like, all, like duh, you know, and anyone who said otherwise is lying. And <laughs> at the end of the day, though, what does that even mean, right? Like, who are we comparing this level of perfection to? It's such an unfair thing that keeps so many people stuck and unfulfilled because you're never willing to suck at something. And, you know, if you can just go from using terms like imposter syndrome or I suck at this or I don't know what I'm doing to I'm new at this. Yeah, I'm new at this. Of course, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm new at this. Of course, I'm going to mess it up. I'm new at this. Let me share my journey instead of like pretending like I have it all figured out because that's going to be so much more relatable than anything else that you can do in this world, you know. And one of my favorite friends, Kat Golden, she always says things like, you know, document, don't create. And we spend so much time trying to curate this perfect persona of what we're doing, who we are, how life is, even to ourselves, that we miss the opportunity to just document the messy, fun shit in the middle, which is what can actually help people, what can actually help you move to the next step or the next phase. And, you know, making those decisions, it, it's not an end-all be-all. The, the universe meets you wherever your decision is made. And how many times have you made a decision after sitting in uh, painful indecision and thought, oh, fuck, I'm so glad I figured it out, right? But either way, even if you made the quote unquote wrong decision, you'll know that and then you can hit a, hit a pivot. Um, and I think not being scared of the transitions from thing to thing. So whether you're stepping from corporate into entrepreneur or the opposite, you know, maybe entrepreneurship was not what you thought it would be, but you know you'd make an awesome fucking employee to someone who is a crazy entrepreneur. Maybe you know you can bring their dreams to life and you love running teams and you, you, what she's describing as her past job is your dream job. Like, be okay with that. Like, I think going from one level of entrepreneurship as a hairdresser into an online space, like, of course I sucked. I never used online the online space before. So when I pulled all that back and I was like, it's okay that you don't have the traction other people do. Like, you haven't planted any seeds yet. Like, be okay sucking, be okay being new, get comfortable being the new kid and go from there because one day you won't be the new kid. And it's like that, you know, when the story breaks of the sex scandal on Us Weekly, it's like, well, 
who's next? Because we'll forget about her in a few weeks because it's going to be somebody else in a few months, right? Like, so just know that your time will pass going through those really difficult decisions and that you will find something. But staying close to people like Emily, myself, and people who are actually out there doing it, that's what's going to make you feel like you're in community, maybe even if you're not. And that's what I hope you get from this podcast is a place to tune in to not feel so alone and to not think that everyone has it all figured out because we just spend an hour with you telling you that it, we still don't have it all figured out. And that's the most beautiful part of all of this. So if you've got a message on your voice that you want to share and create a podcast, you know where to find me. I think I've beat that dead horse, but I'm going to continue to tell you that you can find your voice through podcasting. And that, you know, if you are looking to work with people who have walked the walk and have figured this kind of stuff out, you, you you reach out to people like Emily and you connect and you ask for help and you pay for that help and you show up and you play full out um, instead of showing up wondering what you get out of something. You know, I've made that mistake in investments with coaches and masterminds of like, what am I getting out of this? Well, what am I bringing to the table with it? What is the energy that I'm contributing? And that's why things like masterminds have blown up exponentially over the last years because you know, the people who are having the most success in them are also showing up and bringing a lot to the table and and then get a lot in return, right? Because the universe will mirror your energy. And that's why this podcast is doing so well, because I am showing up in such a bigger and better way, right? That's why your business is doing well, because it's authentically like just who you are now. Um, This was such a beautiful conversation. Do we want to leave any last parting words or nuggets for the listener after all the stuff we shared? Oh, my heart is so, so full right now. Thank you for this just energy portal. (laughs) And the last thing I want to say that came up for me just now is like, when we think about, oh, the mistakes, or if I jump and it doesn't work out, and oh, if I have to go back to the nine to five, or I really want that job that, you know, Emily or Jess has, it's just, we view things as like, it's good or bad, right or wrong, or it's a mistake. And I, I don't know if my mentors always says this, but it's like, you don't know enough. You don't know enough to know if that was a mistake or not. Like we are, we're so laser focused on the present moment. We can't see right the bigger picture. And I think (laughs) this applies to so many of us. But when we look back on our lives in those moments that we thought we really messed up, it was terrible. We see, oh, I understand. I get it. Why it had to unfold in that way. So parting words. Love that. You can't fuck it up. It's impossible. Right. And and also like another another mentor I, I follow, she always says this famous little quote that's like you can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking back. Yes. How many times have you sat in a moment where you're like, oh, this makes sense. So look forward to those moments that are coming when you're sitting in the spaces that feel like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you will figure out on the other side why it happened or what's unfolding for you. Like we all have moments where we can have proof that that was the case. So Lean on the proof that you already have. Lean on the confidence that you once felt doing whatever it was that made you feel empowered and take that. Remember how that feels and apply it to different areas in your life moving forward. And remember, you get to live your life unscripted and you can rewrite your story at any time. That's what this is all about. So we are here for you, Emily. Thank you so much for your time. This was super fun and I can't wait to do it again. Hopefully I come out and see you in Mexico City. I think I'm just inviting myself. Amen, sister. Come on down. (laughs) Thank you so much. I had a blast. Absolutely. If you guys love this episode, you know what to do. It means the world if you validate us through sharing your takeaways and letting us know how this impacted you, affected you, or if you had any aha moments. And we'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Giving back is easy. Leave Unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 